Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We're going to be starting a series today called More. One of the problems, I think, is that many of us, it's not that God doesn't want to give you more. It's just that many of us don't want more. You haven't put a demand on God for more. Or a demand on yourself for more. And many times we're sitting back complaining about those that have more. And it's a poverty mentality that has gotten into the church that has this disdain for those that are blessed. How do I know this? Is let anyone drive up with a new car to church next Sunday. And inevitably, there'll be that one person that will say, well, it must be nice. Not out of congratulations, but out of envy. If there's one place where people should celebrate each other, it's in the church. That's quiet in here. Dang, we haven't even started. But until we get rid of the poverty mentality, I want you to understand that your ability to gain more is based on your capacity. So if you have a small capacity, I can't fit any more into this bottle. This bottle is made for 16 ounces. But if you want a 32-ounce blessing, there's not capacity for this bottle to contain it. So if you want more, what do you have to do? Increase your capacity. But the only way you increase your capacity is by transforming your mentality. You can't hold on to more if you can't understand more. So for the next few weeks, we're going to take you on a journey of more. We're going to talk about money. Jesus talked more about money than he talked about heaven and hell. Because he understood that the battle for your soul wasn't between God and Satan, but between God and money. If you knew what money was for, then you would not abuse it. So if you turn your Bibles with me very quickly so we can launch off this morning to John chapter 10, verse 10. As you're turning there, I want you to first of all understand, because I got to break some mentalities. First of all, I need you to understand there's nothing wrong with more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. As long as more doesn't have you. Wanting more and the motivation for more is vital. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and what? So if there's any stealing going on in your life, any destruction going going on in your life, if there's any killing going on in your life, how many know that's not coming from God? I had a family member write me on an email this morning that says, God is trying to kill me. It's not who God is. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. 
I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Bow your heads with me. More in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. That, that word more in the, he, in the Greek means abundantly, more than sufficient, over and above, excessive, extraordinary, uncommon, profuse, more than enough. What, what am I telling you this morning? Is that Jesus in fact, promised us more. Wanting more for your family, wanting more for yourself, wanting more for your community, wanting more for your church, wanting more for, for, your, for your surroundings. There's nothing wrong with people wanting more out of life. There's nothing wrong with wanting more out of life, out of a relationship, out of, out of your job, out of your career. There is nothing wrong with wanting more out of your faith. There's nothing wrong with wanting more out of life. But somewhere along the way, many of us have given up on our quest for more. We've just settled in life that this is just the way it's going to be. I'm going to always be a C student. I'm never going to be a better than a C student. So we've stopped reaching for more. But I'm here to tell you that you will never have more if you never desire more. Say it again, Pastor. You need to understand this morning that you have exactly how much you want to have right now. You have exactly what you want. Maybe not what you need, but what you want. Because the Bible says that God has given us the power to obtain wealth. So the power lays with you, not with others. It's up to you to do the things necessary to bring about the blessings in your life. It's how we look at things that determines how we make it through things. Jesus himself promised more because more is not a bad thing. See, it's a poverty. Those with a poverty mentality hate those with more. We see people that are doing well. We see individuals that are blessed. We see individuals that, are, that things are going on. And all of a sudden, we think that there must, they, they must not be walking right with God. But I need you to understand, money will buy you a lot of things, but money cannot buy you character. You've heard it said that money will buy you a watch, but it won't buy you time. It'll buy you medicine, but it won't buy you health. It'll buy you a, bl- a bed, but it won't buy you sleep. It will buy you sex, but it won't buy you love. Money will buy you a lot of things, but it won't buy you the things in life that really count. Because there's a difference between being rich and wealthy. Wealth is not based on money. Riches are. But you can be rich and still be in poverty. I'm going to take you somewhere. See, more is a mindset. Everyone say, more is a mindset. I want you to speak it to yourself. More is a mindset. You see, and we look at people that have more in life, and sometimes people have more because of their abilities, their work ethic, maybe their genetics, maybe the color of their skin, or maybe what side of the block that they were born on. Maybe they, they have a heritage where their father was rich, and they have an inheritance that came to them. But I want you to understand that there's some people that are rich because they have more grit and grind than most people. 
There are individuals that have more because they've worked harder for more. And so I want you to recognize your motivation for more is paramount. I'm not here to talk to you about getting a bigger car or a bigger house. I sat in a presentation one time. And as I sat there, the individual that was doing the presentation showed this. He goes, how many would like to drive that car? How many would like to live in this house? How many would like to have this vacation home? And he just went on and on about owning all this stuff. But as I sat there, my spirit cried out because there has to be more to life than the car that you drive, the house that you live in, the money that you own. There's more to life than those things. My spirit cried out. I I was grieved as I sat there. I looked at how many cars can you drive at a time? How many houses can you live in at a time? How many suits can you wear? I'm here to tell you that money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. We need money to survive. Even the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. There's something to be said about work ethic. But I want you to understand that your motivation is paramount. Luke chapter 12. I'm going to read this because I love this story. It's about a rich man. The Bible says this. Jesus is giving them a parable. And Jesus says to them, watch out, be on your guard from all kinds of greed. So there's more greed than just money greed. There's all kinds of There's relationship greed. There's possession greed. There's money greed. There's attention greed. There's all kinds of greeds that are out there. Life does not consist of abundance of possession. I love what Rick Warren said. He says, you know, your value is not based on your valuables. Jesus says this, that life does not consist in abundance of possession. And he told them this parable. There was a, the, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So this guy was, he was good. He was a great businessman. And his investments came back to him. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no, no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Brother was going to chill. He, he was ready to retire. He's a young man. He, had every, he was going to make a bigger barn. He was going to store more stuff, more crops. But verse 20, God said, you fool. When God calls you a fool, you're in trouble. Because what this man looked at, man, I'm so successful, I can retire now. Because it's not, the thing you need to understand is work is not about money. Work is about purpose. Say it again, pastor. I tell my daughters all the time, you do not work for money. You work for purpose. Because when you work for money, you are a prostitute. You could be bought. But when you work for purpose, you're working for, I'd work this job for free if I had to. I would do what I'm doing for free. I would share Jesus with people for free. And I did it for a lot of years. I worked four jobs in order to work ministry. I did. I worked at a check cashing store. I worked at Home Run Hot Dog. I worked as a, as a coach. I worked as a substitute teacher. All so that I could be a youth pastor. I worked jobs in order to do my purpose, my passion you got to find out what you're passionate about. Because when you're passionate about something, it's not a job. It's your purpose. Jesus says, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. And check this out. 
then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? Who will get what you prepared for yourself? And he closes it out in verse 21. This is how it will be for whoever stores things up for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Now, God's not speaking against riches. What he's speaking against is building up riches for yourself, but being morally pure, poor. When you're just using your, your, your giftings, your financial breakthroughs for yourself, if the only one that's blessed because of your finances is you, then you're not successful. What are we talking about? I'm talking about your why. Stay with me this morning, okay? Because poverty hoards. Poverty, you, you could be rich and still have a poverty mindset. We, we see it all the time, man. I tell you, that poverty mindset, and I love what Chris Valentin wrote a book recently called Poverty, Wealth, and Riches. And I, I love the breakdown. I'm, let me read you a few things. They're going to be on the screen here. What's the difference between poverty and wealth? First thing he says is this. Poverty lives for today, but wealth leaves a legacy. Poverty finds a problem in every opportunity, while wealth finds an opportunity in every problem. Poverty feels entitled, while wealth feels empowered. When you're, po- when you're poor, you're, you're looking for people to take care of you. Meet my need. Get me this. Get me that. Why do you have so much and I have so little? Poverty is looking at it and they hate those that have made it. They're looking for someone to get them out instead of looking that they have the power to get themselves out. Poverty fears the future while wealth makes history. Poverty will blame others for its condition while wealth takes full responsibility for the things that aren't its fault. Wealthy people say they look at problems in society and they wonder, how can I fix that? How can I be the solution to that? I may not have caused the problem, but I sure enough am not going to allow the problem to go on without being the solution. Poverty asks, what are you going to do for me? While wealth asks, who is worthy of my investment? Poverty hangs out with other disgruntled sorts who validate its accusations while wealth surrounds itself with other powerful influencers. Come on, somebody. Poverty votes for those who will increase their entitlements while wealth votes for those who will sacrifice today's comforts for tomorrow's children. About generations. Who's going to take care of me? We need to break out of the poverty mentality. No, no, you're not hearing me. You do not have a broke father. Man, I don't think this is getting through. Because I just feel like there's this block in the spiritual realm right now that many of you are having a hard time understanding that, wait a minute, I walked into church on a Sunday morning, we're talking about money. There is nothing more spiritual than money. Because the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so if we don't have a right outlook on money and how to deal with money, you're going to end up struggling because you, you need to recognize, the Bible says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not And another version says, I shall not be in want. In other words, I lack for nothing because he's my shepherd. See, poverty is not about money. It's about mentality. Poverty is not about money. It's about our mentality. It's about lack. It's about a fear of lack. And let me put it to you this way. Take a look at this picture right here. See that little cute kid? 
Isn't he cute? Look at his face. Does he look happy? This is true story. When we passed out the, the, the 300 backpacks at the, at the community event, we had a, a raffle, a free raffle to all the kids that came to receive the backpacks. This little kid won that car. And he got scared. And he began to say, it's too big. I can't have that. It's too big. I can't own that. That's too big. And he began to cry. Not out of joy. Out of fear. Where does a kid learn that kind of fear from? Where do they learn that you, you, you're not allowed to have a blessing? Our church, you got to hear me this morning. Because this is bigger than you. This is bigger than us. This is about our children and our children's children. This is about the generations to come. That if we don't have a good outlook on the blessings of God, the very blessings of God that come our way, the poverty mentality says that even the blessings of God are a curse. This kid was just riddled with fear. We look at someone that blesses us with the car and we all of a sudden... The poverty mindset looks at blessings as curses. I can't take that. How am I going to pay for the insurance for that thing now? Now, where am I going to park it now? Now, where am I going to do this? So you're giving me this now. I have to do the maintenance for this thing. And all of we come up with all these reasons why the blessing can't be for you. Church, if we're going to get to new levels, you got to change your stinking thinking. Oh, somebody better put your hands together because we got to break some things right now. I'm here to tell you that you have a right to more. You have a right to more. You have a right to more. John 3, 1, 2 says this. The, the apostle John says, beloved, I pray that in every way that you may prosper. That this was his prayer for you. That you would prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. So he's saying we are body, soul, and spirit. I want your spirit to prosper. I want your soul to prosper. But I also want your body, I want your finances to prosper as well. I want you to walk in prosperity. I want you to walk in blessing. Now listen, I'm not preaching blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. What I'm talking about is recognizing that you live in the inheritance of your father. That your God has paid for something. So I want, you to, I want you to stop and I want you to ask yourself these questions. When we talk about wealth, wealth creates positive outcomes in the midst of lack or poverty. This is how you know that you're wealthy. Wealth has the ability to create positive outcomes in the midst of lack. or They, they look at, at children that are going hungry and they create solutions to meet the need. Because my, my blessing isn't for me to eat the seed. My blessing is to plant the seed so that it creates more of a harvest. I'm blessed to be a blessing. The question is, can God trust you with the blessing? 
Or are you eating all the seed that God sends your way? Wealth becomes light in the darkness, healing in sickness, wholeness in brokenness, and love for the unloved. Wealth has a can-do attitude, more than enough mindset, and nothing is an impossible belief system. Now, you might not have money, but you can have wealth. Because wealth says this, that in the midst of sickness, there's healing. In the midst of brokenness, there's wholeness. In the midst of trouble, there's victory. That has that wealth mentality that walks into any situation and says, there might be a problem. You see a problem, I see opportunity. A can-do attitude. I wonder, some of us, we don't need more money. We need a better attitude. Because if I gave you more money, you'd lose it because of your mentality. Number four, radical, radically, uh, radically generous. These are Now, have you ever noticed, you take a look at, at the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffetts of life. These guys are so stinking rich that they've reached a point. You see them posting pictures of them driving their new car. Check out my new house. Look at this, look, my, my new suit. They've reached a level of success. They don't need to do that. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's, not, it's not about being embarrassed of your blessing, but they've gotten to a point of success that they are walking into legacy. Where now it's no longer about the money they've made, but about how they can give it away. J.C. Penney, when he first started J.C. Penney, He started tithing as a business, giving 10% of his income to the church. And he felt guilty for holding on to the 90%. So he made a vow before God that he was going to flip the switch. He was going to live off 10%, and he was going to give God 90%. You think that's incredible? Another gentleman had a business that was so lucrative that when he went public... What he did, he felt guilty. He wanted to make sure that God was his partner. So he went to court and put 50%, 51% of the company's equity in the name of God. Then he felt guilty for keeping the 49% and handed the whole company over to God. Now, how do you do that? I don't know. How, how does. True story. But what am I telling you? Wealth looks at things differently. The rich, you can be rich and still be poor. What am I telling you this morning? Is that the the wealthy are radically generous, extraordinarily passionate, uh, 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 compassionate, sacrificially giving, and profoundly have profound humility. They always are grateful, never jealous, and collaborates, doesn't compete. As I close this morning, I, I want to take you through a little mini journey because we're going to start walking through the life of the, the, the uh, Jews as they, they found themselves in Egypt. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8 says this, Eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Now, if you know the story of, of uh, the Israelites and how 
Joseph is raised up. His brothers sell him into slavery. He ends up raising up to second in command in Egypt. His brothers come to buy grain because of a major famine. And there's Joseph sitting there in front of them. And instead of killing them, he protects them and says, God sent me here ahead of you to preserve not only the nation of Egypt, but the nation of Israel as well. So he saves them. And in saving them, now he, he saves the whole known world in that area. Now a king raises up that doesn't remember Joseph or what he did. Now look what happens here, verse 9. And he said to his people, look, the, Israel, the people of Israel have outnumbered us and become stronger than us. What are the two things they've become? Outnumbered and stronger. They become bigger and stronger than us. They become bigger and stronger. I want you to think, keep that in mind. Bigger and stronger. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even. See, the enemy's afraid of your more. When you begin to walk into more, the enemy gets scared. Your, your adversaries begin to get nervous when you begin to walk into more. Because your enemy sees your potential more than you do. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching to someone right now. See, many of your mentalities, you see yourself as a lower level than what God has already ordained for your life. And their enemies know your potential more than you do. He says, if we don't and war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and escape from this country. I'm here to tell you, your enemy knows your potential and your power more than you do. And the enemy is attacking you not because of what you did in the past. The enemy is attacking you today, but because of what lies in your future. You're wondering, well, you know, it must have been my past why the enemy is attacking me. The things that I've done, the enemy's after me because of the decisions I've made, the choices I've made. The enemy's not after your past. The enemy is after your future. He sees the more that's in you. He sees the potential that's inside of you. He's attacking you because of your amazing future and Pharaoh looks at them, he says, they're, they're larger than us, and they're stronger than us. Your enemies are afraid of you because they know that you are larger, bigger, more numerous, greater, that you're stronger, you're mightier and abundant than they are. They know, your enemy knows right now that you are more. Oh, no, no, I'm preaching to someone right now. Listen to me. You're looking for more instead of just being more. You are more. Everything you need for more is in you. Your bank account doesn't determine your more. You are more right where you are. And the enemy's attacking the more that's inside of you. He's afraid that you're going to grow even more than you have to this moment. Exodus verse 11 of chapter 1 says this. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves, appointed brutal slave drivers over them to wear them down, crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithmoth and Ramses, and to support the centers of the king. I want you to notice what happens. When the enemy comes against you, he will get you to work for someone else, build for someone else, and provide for someone else. He will take all your energies, all your giftings, all your talents, and put him to those things to work for him instead of yourself. 
So someone else is getting the benefits of your blood, sweat, and tears. When you have a poverty mentality, you work hard for someone else. You're working for them, building for them, and providing for them. Verse 12, as we close, someone help me. But the more, someone say more. more. The Egyptians oppressed them, the more, someone say more, more. the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more, someone say more, more. alarmed the Egyptians became. I don't know, you you, you, you got to capture this. The, the, the more they pushed down on them, the more the Israelites pushed back. And every time they pushed down, they kept pushing back. And something happened in the process. All of a sudden, they kept growing. I, I need you to understand, it's resistance that makes your muscles grow. It's resistance, opposition that makes things grow in your life. You're worried about the opposition right now. You're worried about the resistance you're going through. But you want to grow? You can't grow without some resistance. The more resistance, the big. That you can't get huge without putting some heavy weight on that bar. The more weight you put on there, the bigger the muscle. The more the muscle gets broken down, the more it's able to build. And some of you are trying to build without putting any weight on the bar. I want you to know that's why there's some struggle you're going through in life right now. That's why there's some pushback in some areas of your life. That when you start trying to build your family, build your career, build your spiritual life there's going to be pushback you are not a slave whenever the enemy comes against you to tear you down it's going to build you up come at me bro come at me Because everything you send at me, I'm going to turn into gains in my life. You are not a slave. Come on, you are not a slave. You're not a slave to this economic system. You're not a slave to this world. You're not a slave to the way things are going right now. God created you to be free. God created you for more. Stand to your feet. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3. Verse 20 says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all of this. Some of you are sitting here right now thinking, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't don't know if I can make this happen, Pastor. I've I've been down this road all my life. I don't know if I can change. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, your exceedingly, your exceeding your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Oh, come on, somebody. More. You are created for more. Where does that start? 
It starts with my desire for more of God. The problem is many of us want more money, more influence, more blessing, more, more, more financial or tangible possession things. But I found that the more I go after God, all of a sudden those things start following me. Instead of me running after money, money follows me. Instead of me running after possessions, possessions follow me. The Bible says that if I go after the Lord, that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What we're running after the wrong things. David says, my heart. My soul, they pant for the courts of the Lord. As a deer pants after the waters, so my soul pants after you. When's the last time that you were desiring more of God? Just more of God. More of his presence. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Just give me the house of God more than any other thing. God, I just want you. Just want you. We've been running after the hands of God so long, we forgot what his face looks like. I want more of God. I want more of God. Because I recognize you can give me all the money in the world. If I don't have God, I'm broke. I'm bankrupt. Right now, just, I just want you to seek more for a moment. Just, just lift your hands all over this place. Just ask God, God, I want more of you. I just want more of you. Lord, this is bigger than money. I want to be wealthy. I want a wealth of compassion. I want a wealth, my God, of passion. I want a wealth of love. I want a wealth of mercy. I want a wealth of grace. Lord, your word says that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You promised me a more abundant life, God. I thank you, God, because you promised me more grace than I have right now. You are the God of more than enough, not just enough, not barely enough. You are the God of more, of more, of more, of more. God, I want more of you. I want more of your blessing. I want more of your grace. I want more of you this morning. Come on, right now, just from your heart, I just want you to go after God. Uh, not a prayer I'm praying for you. I want you to just go after God for a moment. Come on, right where you are. Just want more of you, God. I want more of you. I just want more of you. Come on, just go after God for a moment. I want more of you. Father, we bless your name. We bless your name. We want more of you, God. More than I've given in the past, and I recognize that's going to take effort on my part. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Come on, I want more in my family. If you need more of God in your family, more of God in your sobriety, more of God in your business, more of God right now in your, in your, fa- in your marriage, whatever it is, just ask for more. Come on, invite God right now. Lord, I want more of you. I want more of my education. Lord, I need more of you, my God, in my studies. I need more of you, God. I need more. I need more. I need more right now. I need more. I need more in Jesus' name. Come on. There you go. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are getting it right now. Come on. This is, it's not a spectator thing. This is your time right now to ask God. This is your time to ask God, God, I want more. He says, I will give you exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything you ask or think. 
Your, your, your greatest thought is where God's basement is. Your penthouse thought is God's basement thought. That's God's starting point. Lord, we want more. We want more right now. If you're married, I want you just to grab the hand of your, of your spouse and just invite God, God, God's more into your marriage right now. Just invite God's more into your marriage right now. Lord, we want more of you. If your spouse isn't here, hold hands with yourself and believe God over that right now. Just invite God right now into that situation. Lord, we just trust you. If you need more of God in your heart, just put your hand over your heart right now and invite just another measure. Lord, expand my capacity this morning. Expand my capacity, God, to know you, to hold you, to experience you. Come on, Lord, expand me. Expand me right now. If you need to change your mentality, I want you just to place your hands on your head right now. Ask God, Lord, change my mentality. Blessings aren't a bad thing. Blessings are not of the enemy. Being financially blessed is not from the devil. It's from God. And Lord, I want to walk in blessings. It's okay to have money as long as money doesn't have me. Lord, transform my mind. Give me an idea, God, that will literally transform economics, transform my God, uh, electronics, transform my God, the financial systems. God, right now in Jesus' name, we pray for a transformation of our minds. Come on, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I repent today. Of how I viewed money. How I view blessings. I want to walk in blessing. I want to be wealthy today. I want to be the solution to the problem. I don't want to just have a bigger house. A bigger car. A greater life. Those things are going to be great. But I want to be an answer to the problems of this world. I want to be blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. Amen. As we close this morning, we're going to continue this series next week and for the next few weeks. I just really want to camp out here for a moment on more. Because some of us need to transform our minds when it comes to the more God wants to give us. The church, for some reason, some of you that, you know, have said that you're not born and raised in church, so you have a disadvantage, man. You have a benefit in that. Got a great benefit because the church has had a poverty mentality for so many years. And so I want you to understand that God wants you to be blessed. And as you walk out of here, I want you to walk in blessing. Amen. Not poverty. I don't want you to be like that little boy. When God blesses you, I want you to be excited. I don't want tears of fear. I want tears of joy when God blesses you because he's going to bless you. Get ready because you're going to start seeing increased blessing upon your life. New opportunities. God's about to do some new things. Now, uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm believing God for some great things. Get ready. Get ready. Some opportunities are coming your way. And instead of it building fear, let it build faith in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.